<laughs> Hi, welcome to Hot Topics Live podcast. I'm Kia and I'm here with my girl Gloria and we are here with another incredible episode to remind you that you are amazing, that you deserve to live your best life and that you can have, be, or do anything you want as long as you stop those limited beliefs. And today... I have this amazing guest for you, and I'm so excited. Okay, I'm so excited, Gloria. I can hardly breathe. I'm excited too. <laughs> I, I, I don't know too much about it, but I also am excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited too. Okay, so you already know, and if you've been watching or listening to the podcast version of this for since the dawn of time, that my favorite show is The Orville, right? I love that show. You know that I love sci-fi. I love Doctor Who. I love Star Wars. I love all of these things, right? And so, um, and pretty much all things behind the scenes Hollywood too. I really get into that. So my guest today is all about that life. <laughs> so I'm really excited to have him here with us. Um, name is Patrick and he is a concept artist. He creates props and he, you have probably seen some of his work right somewhere. <laughs> okay. And don't even know it. Okay. So it, this is really incredible stuff. And we're going to talk about uh, how he started and how he got where he is and how he ended up creating a career that he loves. So, and another thing about him, is that he is a veteran and you know I'm a veteran oh, and I love to see awesome. my veteran brothers and sisters thriving. Yeah. So um, I'm going to bring him on. Yes. Should we do that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, great. We're going to be conscious of time today because yeah. he's working. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Intro. Oh my God. Aww. Hi. Well, welcome to Hot Topics Live podcast, and um, we're so happy that you're with us today, and you could find time to chat. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. I've never, I've never done this before, so we're going to see. First, we're going to see how first, it goes. Well, he's a virgin. He is a virgin. We're going to take am. good care of. Him. I mean, no, but yes. <laughs> you gotta, I gotta throw that in there. I don't know. No, no. Oh God, no. He's a virgin. <laughs> so, um, well, we take care of you. And um, first of all, I know that you are in LA right now, both on the West Coast. And Gloria, you are, where are you? I'm in Florida. And right now it's 4.41 p.m. All right. So it's 1.41 for us. And this time we're all in the United States. Usually my guests are from all over the world. But today we're keeping it sort of local, at least United States wise. So, Patrick, I am dying to know, in your, in your bio, I saw that you knew from a very early age that you wanted to work in Hollywood and help these, um, these worlds come to life. What inspired that for you? Um, well, as most, um, I don't want to date myself too much, but as most uh, <laughs> children of the 80s, you know, uh, Star Wars was a very big, mm -hmm. huge. And then, you know, Star Wars spawned a million, you know, really sci-fi kind of took off after that, at least movies and TV and, you know, Battlestar Galactica and Buck Rogers and all that stuff. And, you know, as a kid, like I 
you know, I want to fly spaceships. I want to shoot lasers. I want to talk to robots. I want to do all this stuff. And um, I would make laser guns or whatever out of Legos, out of blah, like whatever I, um, whatever was around. And then I was about, I want to say I was like eight or nine. And on TV, uh, they had a, like a special, I think it was an hour or half hour. And it was the making of Return of the Jedi. And they showed all the behind the scenes and it was, um, you know, costumes and stuff, but it was mostly the models, the spaceships were these huge, you know, the Millennium Falcon is like a five foot model. Like it was, you know, and I was like, I want to do that. That's like, that's what I want to do. I can make, I can make anything I want. I can make any world you want. You can make, you know, whatever. And so I, I knew yeah, I was I was like nine, and I knew I want you know I want to I want to work in Hollywood. I want to live in L.A. I want to, and I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, but you know I was a kid and I didn't know how to make that happen. And I'm in school, and you know I took all all the art classes I could and all the shop classes I could, and you know I was always getting in trouble for drawing and when I should be, you know, doing math problems or whatever. Um, so yeah and then i was you know i was in high school and done with high school and um i didn't i wasn't a great student so i wasn't going to get any kind of big time scholarships or anything and my parents didn't have the means to send me to to university so i went to i joined the military um because also you know top gun getting 86 <laughs> and i was like 12 and i was like you know, oh my god this is what i want to do and um so i went into the navy i uh myself and like my two best friends from high school we all went into the navy to get kind of together um, we all went in different directions but um but of course because the top gun i wanted to work with jets and i wanted to do you know i wanted to be up on the aircraft carrier and i wanted to do all that stuff so i went to school for um aviation electronics i'm am i going off like am i no you're good we're, we're you know we're we i love it because um I, i'm navy so i love it when a shipmate is in the house um usually I, thank you for your the, service <laughs> thank you for your service um it's usually on the female veterans podcast that i get the luxury to hang out with a veteran but yeah, I'm all for it. So I'm I'm excited to hear about how serving in the military sort of helped you in your journey. Um, I guess it. I guess in sort of indirectly it did because I was mm -hmm. basically I was a I was an air, I was an AT. I was an aircraft electronics technician, and I was doing and all of the you know when I went to school everybody wanted to. Um, there were two. There was O level and I level. And O level works with the airplane and pulls the boxes out of the airplane and pushes the buttons and stuff. And I level works in a shop and they do all the little componenty, you know, they solder and they do all the little bits and chips and stuff. And everybody I went to school with was like, well, I want to go I level because that'll be a, that's my career. When I get out, I can go work for an electronics company. And I was like, like, I don't care about that. I don't want to do that. And I want to be around the gym, the plane. So I was like the only guy in my class that wanted to go out to the squadron. And so I did, you know, and of course, you know, you go to a fighter squadron, it's the closest thing there is to an X-wing fighter. I mean, oh my God. So, you know, did that, came back out to the West coast, did that for a few years and then, you know, got my GI bill and benefits. And I was in, uh, I was in four years. I extended the fifth year. 
um, to go on a second deployment so I could save up some money. And then I, you know, got out of the military and, you know, everybody's like, you know, why don't you want to reenlist? You're a second class petty officer. Like what? And I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't like, I want to go, you know, work in Hollywood, but I had no, I had no idea how to make that happen. No, I mean, I knew, you know, back in the, you know, when did I get out? 97, like the internet wasn't even <laughs> like, it was still very, I remember, I remember the first time I went on the internet, somebody, I was trying to, I was trying to play some video game and I was talking to a guy and I was like, man, I can't get past this one part. And he was like, well, why don't you just look up on the internet, what the cheats are or whatever. And I was like, internet, what's that? And then that was it. And then it was, you know, Netscape, but it was, there was barely anything on the internet. And so, you know, in terms of trying to get into the film industry and, you know, and who to talk to and what school to go to and what there was no, no, I didn't, had no idea. I knew a few, the names of a few concept artists that I'd seen in books or magazines, but I no way to know them, how to get a hold of them. I don't know. So I keep doing this with my eyebrow. It's freaking me out. <laughs> um, so I got out of the Navy and I went to, um, I went back into aircraft and I was working on, um, I was doing aircraft electronics on Learjets and Gulfstreams and like private jets and stuff. And I moved to Detroit. And when I was in Detroit, you know, doing all that in my spare time, I, because I'm a big, you know, a big nerd and I love Star Wars and all these things, I thought, you know, what would be cool is if I could, you know, what if I, what, oh, what about the lightsaber? I could have like Luke Skywalker's lightsaber and, and put it on my shelf and play with it. And I started, you know, looking around on the internet and I found, I found a, watch, I guess I'm going to plug it a little bit. Um, friend of mine actually runs it, but uh, the replica prop forum, the RPF. And it was a bunch of, and at the time it was maybe a hundred people. And it was guys that make replicas of movie props and sell movie, they sell them to each other. They sell them back and forth. They sell them on eBay, whatever. Some people have real ones that they somehow got from the movies and now they own it. And, you know, everybody was trading information back and forth. And so I got into collecting and making these props, these replicas and stuff. And um, around that time, uh, Toy Story had come out. And so all of, you know, the movies, all kind of all the effects in the movies and the spaceship stuff started shifting towards CG. And so it was like, well, if I could do it in the computer, like I can do whatever I can make, whatever I want in the computer, I could do, you know, I don't have to actually, I don't need a, I lived in an apartment, you know, I don't need a workshop. I could just do this stuff in the computer. And so I kind of started teaching myself three modeling and, you know, kind of getting into that thing and it was um i was married my wife at that at that time uh <laughs> she her sister had moved to phoenix arizona and so we went out to visit and we were like oh we you know we like it out here and i hate the snow and detroit yuck so we just moved to phoenix and around that time uh the company I worked for, the aircraft company, they had a guy who did all their drawings, their CAD drawings for the diagrams and stuff. He had quit. And so they said, well, why don't you go, we'll send you to this three-day school to learn AutoCAD software. And then, you know, you can, you can do that and still work for us from home. 
and in Arizona. And I was like, great. So I did that and learned this software, which, you know, was helping me design my own props and movie props and make stuff. And then, um, I started going to school. There was a little art school out there. It was like a little profit school, which the government, which if they eventually went bankrupt after the government sued them and like, cause they were ripping people off and taking like student loan stuff. Um, it's called Collins college and they had an animation program. And so I thought, well, if I get, you know, I could get, I could be an animator. I could work for Pixar. I could do these things in the computer. I could do all that. And so I, I did that. And then, um, you know, as you may be aware, Phoenix is not, they're not doing a lot of animated movies in Phoenix. Um, <laughs> I, li I lived there too, actually, for oh, a year wow. in Phoenix uh, also. Yeah. But I have a question before you go sure. on. So don't forget where you were. <laughs> so all this time that you're doing this and you sort of kind of was were doing it on the side, you were working like a regular nine to five job and just sort of yeah. doing this in your own time as not even a side hustle, but just a creative projects on the side. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to make, you know, I wanted, you know, I wanted Captain Kirk's phaser and I wanted to hold it in my hand. And I, you know, since I was a kid and I wanted to play with it and the lightsabers and the communicator and all that stuff. And, you know, these guys, this community on the internet, they kind of other people make their own replicas and they help each other. And then it's like, well, this guy made a really good one. You know, he had access, he knew the guy that owns the real one and he got to go over and measure it and he made a really cool one. And, you know, he's selling them for, you know, a couple hundred dollars. And it was like, well, you know, do I make, keep, keep making my own or do I buy this one? Like do whatever. And so it was kind of, yeah, it was a hobby basically. And I was doing it, yeah, in my spare time at home. And, and then you would, you would make a piece of it and everybody would really like that piece you made. And then you would say, well, here's how I made it. And other people well, well, I just want to buy one from you. How much? And you could kind of make a little money and, you know, then you take that and, oh, I made a little bit. Oh, I'm going to nice. buy this lightsaber off eBay that I saw. Then And it kind of, kind of feeds the cycle, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, where was I? Phoenix. Um, so, <laughs> so I got out of animation school, no jobs in phoenix i you gotta you gotta live in la everybody's like you gotta live in la um and i at the time um i was just getting divorced and i was it was in my early 30s i don't want to say how old uh <laughs> so i um so i had to get a job i had to pay the rent i got you know bills to pay and so i was became a cliche and became a pool guy for a while and i did swimming pools and uh i did repairs like pool pumps i worked at a store first like a Les it was a it's a local chain out in phoenix but it's like a leslie's sort of mm -hmm. and um so i did that for a while and then they had they they all their parts for those you know you could go into leslie's and buy a part for your pool you pump or you know whatever um their distributor for the parts so i went to go work for the distributor and then at the distributor was where all the pool guys come to your house every week. They come there, they buy, you know, that's where they get all their their chlorine and their tools and the brushes and all that. And so I got to talking to those guys and then I, you know, I got working for one of those companies and then I would go out to people's houses and 
you know, if your pool pump broke, you would either call the company or you tell your pool, your pool guy would go, Hey, your pump broke. And your pool guy would call us and send them, send one of us out and we'd fix whatever. So I did that for a while. And then, you know, as always happens, met a girl, she was from LA living in Phoenix, wanted to move back. And so I was like, well, let's go. Like, I'll go with you. I'll go to LA. And so that was, that was like 2008. So wound up in LA. Now I'm in LA, but still, I, I don't know who to talk. I don't know where to go. I don't know. In the studios, especially like you got to know somebody you get, I mean, to, like connections to make sandwiches for people. You got to know somebody. I mean, it's yes. ridiculous. Um, and you know, got to be in the union, got to do that. You know, there's, that's, that's a huge part of the industry out here. So I still didn't know anybody. Um, but then I went back into, I did, you know, had to pay bills. So I went back into the pool business and got, I worked for the same distributor I had worked over before, but they're nationwide. So they had a branch out here. So I worked there for a while. And then, um, what happened? Oh, right. So I was working there for a while and I was making phone cause I was trying to get an animation and I was calling all the studios and stuff and just nothing was happening. And so I got to the point where I decided, I was like, if I want to do this, if I got to get into the industry, I, to get to where I want to be, like, I don't, I'm not making any progress. And so I was like, I, I just need to get in it and do anything. Like, it doesn't matter. I just need to get in there. So I feel like, you know, this was my own thought process for me. I need to feel like I'm moving towards it and I'm not selling pool stuff. So I got to get into the industry any way that I can. I'll be, I'll be a truck driver. I'll be a PA. Like, I don't care. Like, I just need to feel like I'm moving. So one day I'm at the pool place and this guy walks in and he wants to order a diving board. And he goes, this is the diving board I want. This is the part number. This is the manufacturer. This is this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he gives me this whole pack of, of stuff he'd printed from the internet of this diving board. And his business card was stapled to it. And he was a set decorator. His name was Ron Franco. And he was a set decorator for, at the time, it was the show Heroes. Um, and I was like, holy shit. Like, our, like, this is like my first person that i knew and i i didn't know him but like i'm like i'm, I'm all over this i'm gonna get this for you i'm gonna order this is a special order i'm gonna special order it you know and he was like can you have it shipped to the studio instead of so i don't have to come here and pick it up absolutely, absolutely. and i was on i was like on it i was like calling every day making sure everything i was letting him know <laughs> hey it's here it's, right it's now it's in you know, now it's in tempe arizona now it's on the truck it's headed here like blah 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 it's going to the studio Da, 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 da. so he comes in once it showed up or whatever he came in to pay for it and i was like and i, I and again i don't i don't know this guy and i was like it, i'm at the counter you know and, he, and i'm like all right look i was like here's the deal and i told him like my story <laughs> and he goes and i was like i will do it like can you like i will do anything like literally wow. will you like help me out and so he goes i'll be right back and he leaves and he comes back 
and he said, or he goes, give me your phone number and give me all this information. So whatever. So I wrote it all down. He leaves, comes back like 10 minutes later. And he goes, a lady's going to call you. Her name is, I don't remember at the time. This lady's going to call you. She's very nice. And then he left and he was out of my life. And wow. so I was like, I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, I'm like, finally, like something's going to happen. And she never called me. Oh, right. So, yeah. So like after like three weeks, I was like, yeah, she's not going to call. Is she? Yeah. All right. So, you know, ugh, I'm crushed. Um, oh, so. we've all had those moments, right, Gloria? Yes. Yes. <laughs> For sure. So. I, 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 oh, I, I'm, I'm hearing this story and I see a lot of stuff that I'm going to comment later when he finished, but uh, it's <laughs> very interesting. A lot of stuff that he already said. I Really? <laughs> yes. We have a lot of input, but we're waiting because yes. it's a good story. So please yes. continue. <laughs> so. Um, all right. So I, um, I was involved in a, through the kind of the replica prop forum thing. There's a, um, there's a group of people. I don't, if you've, if you go to Comic-Con and stuff, you've probably heard of them, the 501st Legion mm -hmm. and their star Wars. It's a club oh, of mm -hmm. people that dress up as star Wars characters. Yes. It's going to be and, one in mm -hmm. Tampa. I think next yes. week, this weekend they're, or next weekend. Yeah, they're all over. They're nationwide. These yes. guys. And they, they go to all the conventions, they go to all that stuff, but they do, um, they go to children's hospitals and they visit, you know, kids and, you know, it's very cool. Um, so I was involved with them. I had, um, had I joined at that point? I think I had, you have to have a costume and it has to be super accurate and movie, you know, correct to the mm. movies. And there's, there's varying levels. There's like, some of them are very, you know, like you have the the screw is in the wrong place or like whatever. Um, so I put a costume together, like a stormtrooper costume is a, there's a clone trooper, but <laughs> right who cares for the purposes of the story? It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, um, so through that, I knew a guy or I had met a guy and you, you know, you go to meetings and stuff and, and because it's in LA, there's a lot of people in the industry. And so I met a guy who worked at a very large local prop house and a prop house for people that don't know. So, um, sorry, all the stuff you see on TV show and a movie, they, the furniture, tables, prop, even props, a lot of that is rented. And there are places that are prop houses that you the prop master for the show or the set decorator, whoever goes to, and they're full of stuff. It's like Goodwill exploded. It's like there's 300 different bicycles. There's mm. school backpacks. There's school books. There's school globes. There's sporting goods. There's uh, fake bales of marijuana. There's shrink-wrapped <laughs> fake, you know, it looks like money like briefcases full of fake money cereal boxes like anything you can think of literally they have it and you can rent it for whatever how many dollars a week whatever it is um and this particular prop house had they had another half which will become germane later that was manufacturing where well, they will make whatever you want we need a 
I need a suitcase that has a false bottom in it. When you open it, it's got a, a gun. You know, there's a foam cutout with guns and hand grenades and ID cards and passports. And I need a laser gun for the new Star Trek movie. I need a speeder bike for the Mandalorian. Like, whatever it is, they'll make it. Um, and so one of the guys that I knew from the 501st, he worked at this place. And so, and I kind of, I kind of peripherally knew that he, that this was kind of the kind of place he worked at, but I didn't really, I was trying to get an animation, right? Like whatever. So, um, I was at a meeting once or a, it was a party, I think. And he was there and just kind of in passing says to me, Hey, you should come to the shop sometime and check it out. And so I was like, all right. Yeah, like, cool, that sounds cool. And so, like, it had been months had gone by, and so I finally hit this guy up, and I was like, hey, I want to come see the shop or whatever. And so we got to talking, and I didn't know him very well. Um, so I got to talking, and he um, he was like, you know, and so he was like, oh, you want a job? Like, yeah, you know, that'd be cool. And so he was like, okay. And so he was like, I think we have an opening in our, I think it was a video department where they rent computers and tvs and vcrs and like ipods and what like whatever you need for your show they run it so i go to this place and i fill out the application and everything and and do all that and he shows me around and i see the manufacturing and it's oh my god this is where they make and i think at the time at the time they're working on um i think it was the green lantern movie the Ooh. the ryan reynolds one Mm -hmm. And so they I had a bunch it. of stuff from that. And the show Chuck, the TV show Chuck, mm -hmm. um, they had a bunch of, it was like kind of a spy TV show. They had I a lot of little gadgets. So yeah. uh, am I, are you guys losing me? No. It, okay. Kia, nope. Kia, You're good. It, they, oh, it's Kia. Okay. Yeah, cool. it's Kia. I just saw the screen kind of froze up. Oh. Yeah, Kia, Kia. Okay. Um, so I fill out the application and everything and, give him my resume and so he looks at it and he goes oh you know 3d modeling i was like yeah yeah you know you know 3d modeling he's like oh you know you know autocad yep you know maya you know which is a 3d modeling software and i said yeah and he goes well why don't you work in our art department and i go well, i don't know why don't i work in your art department <laughs> and so there i was Finally, finally. Well, <laughs> finally, finally, sort of. Oh, and how, yeah. how many years it took you from the eight years old to to finally oh, get God. to this point? Uh, I have to do math. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I was because you wait, manifested. Wait, wait, wait. You manifested. Right. Hang on, I'm doing mm -hmm. the math. Hold on, twenty six plus. Uh, 35 i was 35 so minus nine so 26 years 26 years to yeah it's wow. nothing it's nothing no it goes no. by in a blink of an eye really yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah sure <laughs> wow so all that time knowing like somewhere in you you wanted to do this was the dream and going through all these different avenues of life and just holding that vision and it started yes. to come into place. Yeah. It's amazing. 
Yeah, you manifested the entire time since nine. You knew exactly what you wanted and you was looking for the right opportunity. And I guess when, when you want it so, so much is when it's like eventually it was going to happen and disappear and to see if you really wanted, you wanted that vision. And later on, the, the vision came to you just in, this, in, the silver, in a silver platter, I would say, because they give you the opportunity to go in and start from there. Right. So it was and that really was, cool. It was, I, but I, it was like I had never intended, like I didn't know, like I knew concept artists like, you know, Ralph McQuarrie, who painted these beautiful paintings of, the, you know, tauntauns riding across the snow and Hoth and, you know, X-wing fighters flying against a Death Star. And I thought that was what a concept artist was. Right. And I was like, I don't, that's not, you know, that's cool, but that's not what I want to do. I want to make stuff. Like, I want to make the stuff. And um, the props, I never thought, I, I never really realized, oh, yeah, somebody has got to design the props. Like, because a lot of times, you know, especially like with Star Wars, it's like they went and they found a gun, a World War II gun, and they stuck stuff on it. And, you know, some scopes and something, there's some artistry to it, but they, you know, and then they're like, here it is. And so I never really thought, well, somebody draws all that. And in a lot of cases, they don't. Um, a prop master will go find something they like um, that, you know, and turn it, you know, they'll find a, like an old telephone from the 80, like a cordless phone. And they'll go, we'll take the buttons off it. We'll stick some stuff on it. And this will be our thing. And it's easy and quick. And a lot of times, you know, that's what ends up happening. Um, but like on a show like, like Orville or Star Wars, or, you know, it's, they, they want, so it's got, everything's got to be custom and they want it just so. And so you go through, somebody's got to draw different iterations and over and over and over until, you know, somebody, whoever, whoever signs off on that stuff says, yeah, that's what I want. And then, and then it gets made. But I never thought, I never thought about getting into props, like it not, not as a job, not as a job, like it was a hobby and it was kind of there, but it was like, okay. And then it kind of happened. And then I was like, oh, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I have another question for you. Sure. So when you was growing up and you having this vision and wanted to do all this kind of stuff, do your parents know about it? Did, did you tell them that you want to be in Hollywood? Um, I don't know if I ever said it like that. I remember, I remember my thing was like the thing that I kept saying was I want to be a director. Like I want to be George Lucas. And, mm. but I, you know, drawing spaceships and stuff all day long. And I just wanted to make stuff, you know, make a world. And my mom knew, uh, my mom's an artist. And so she knew. Mm. And so she kind of, I mean, she sort of encouraged it, but not, like she didn't go buy me all the movie books, you know, like, oh, my God, like, take me to the classes. And she didn't she didn't do that, but she wasn't ever against it. My dad, I think. He wasn't ever against it, but he also was I think I feel like the vibe I got was like, well, that's not a real job. Like, that's you know, you got to go be a computer programmer or be a mechanic or be whatever like that a lawyer drawing. a doctor <laughs> yeah draw drawing stuff is not a real job no they need like they were like he's not gonna be a doctor 
he, <laughs> he's not he's not gonna be a lawyer no like um but yeah you know it's not a real job drawing stuff nobody does that you have to be you know one in a million picasso can do that and ralph mccrory can do, like he can do that but you know you can't just go get it as a job and it's sort of true but it also sort of isn't right that's and really so, yeah, that, that's really true yeah. it's really true what you just said actually how it's sort of true but it sort of isn't like there's a lot of people that are very well-meaning and that love us very much but their belief system doesn't allow them to see the potential of things that are difficult for a lot of people to achieve right, right. so for example, you know, um, maybe, oh, Gloria, when she first was my student <laughs> and she was learning how to podcast and she said to me, a lot of people saying, well, who's going to want to hear your story? But she has a story to tell and it's pretty incredible. And now she's been podcasting for years and just fans and all of these things. And sometimes the people around us don't see the vision so clearly because they're limited by their own beliefs and experiences. So sometimes things do seem impossible for some, but they really aren't impossible. It's just all in what you believe. Do you think that's kind of true, Patrick? I, I do. I also think, um, I was actually thinking about this in the car because I was thinking about, <laughs> oh God, I got to talk to Kia today. Oh gee. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think people get trapped by their circumstances. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, also those circumstances sort of um the circumstances sort of define the opportunities that are available like if you live you know your your circumstances are you live in you know north dakota somewhere and you don't know anybody in hollywood and you are you know you 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 know whatever they are you're stuck in a dead-end job and you don't like you can't mm -hmm. just you're, and you have a, a family and a house. You can't just quit and go. I'm going to go be an artist, right. and um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go to Hollywood and I'm going to get in the movies and I'm going to be an artist. And you can't. You, your circumstances don't basically allow that to happen. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, to go on. So I'm at this prop house, and I'm I'm working on all. I'm working on. 10 movies a week like i'm doing stuff for chuck and then tomorrow oh we need this thing for avengers quick and i do and yeah. then oh men in black three we gotta oh we gotta do this thing and and it was like you know and i'm working on i, I remember one time i counted it was like i i worked on like 150 different shows in one year wow. and it's not even like they're not even big sci-fi shows. Like I did stuff for Pretty Little Liars. I did stuff for mm. Parks and Rec. I did stuff for you know all uh, all kinds of different True Blood. Like just any different kind of show you can think of. Like I remember I did, um, I think it was Pretty Little Liars. I did some breakaway like lacrosse sticks one time. I had there were they needed graphics mm. on it, but they couldn't be a brand name, and I had to make something up. And you know, like then that was my day to day, and it was like, oh, now they need. Um, somebody, there's a mirror that gets shattered and somebody's going to stab somebody with the shard from the mirror. So we need to cut a bunch of, you know, acrylic plastic shards for this, you know, we need 10 of them or whatever. And, you know, I would end up 
doing stuff like that for you know and i did that for 10 years and i worked on yeah avengers and mandalorian and men in black and um like all kinds of different marvel movies and i worked on uh green like did some stuff for green lantern and then i did some stuff for um you know batman dawn of justice batman versus superman like i did stuff for that and you know dune and it was all over the place and so eventually it was like well i want to work on a show like i want to be i want to be in the art department on a show and work you know on on just one thing and without getting too much into the politics of it um so again the union thing and in hollywood so i worked at this prop shop and the prop shop was a union prop shop and a lot of the guys there making the stuff were in the props union but the designers in the art department there weren't um there's a different union for illustrators and designers a different local of the same union it's the yahtzee um but we weren't in either one and they kind of wouldn't let us they kind of didn't want us to join because they would have had to pay us a lot more money and so it be kind of became this thing and it was like, well, I could, I and you can't, I couldn't work for a show unless I was in the union and I wasn't going to get in the union where I was at. Um, so I had to do, I, I started kind of asking around. And the weird thing is, is like, nobody, the, the joke is always, well, how do I get in the union? Well, you have to work on a union show. Well, how do I work on a union show? You got to be in the union. Like <laughs> right. And, and nobody really ever talks about that they're like if there's a roadmap like how do you make how do you do it how do you make it happen and uh so i had to do a ton of research and i had to talk to a bunch of people and all online and on the internet and make phone calls and all this stuff and so it was basically what it came down to was you need an art director to hire you or it was there were two ways that i was told there were two ways there was one you get on a non-union movie that becomes a union movie and they call it a flip and you get in hmm. and the other way was they were like you got to get an art director to hire you and then the producer has to write a letter vouching for you saying that you can do stuff that nobody else can do and you can get in wow. and so um uh what was i gonna say oh and they were like that never happens nobody hmm. nobody ever gets in that way it never happens so i was like art directors eh? <laughs> um so what had happened was so while i was at the prop shop i had done some stuff for the orville i did that because the prop master the first um the prop master for season one and two brian rogers he had come to us with a show and eventually you know he had pitched it to us it's get smart in space it's like this comedy it's gonna be funny and it's seth mcfarland so you know okay mm -hmm. yeah it's gonna be wacky um so i did a bunch of the props for season one like the I did the guns and the comm scanners and all that stuff. And uh, season two, they hired, uh, they finally had an in-house designer, um, Lex Kassar. Mm -hmm. And so he started doing stuff. And so I would do some, I did some 3D modeling on some stuff that he designed, um, but I wasn't really designing anymore. And so, um, and I'd kind of, once I found out he was a designer, I was kind of, talking to him online and i was like hey i make a bunch of this stuff and hey i did this stuff and uh, i was talking to one of the other uh one of the he's a he was the assistant art director at the time kit stolen 
um, we were kind of online and, and, you know, that's something, you know, that wasn't available to me early on was everybody's online now. Yeah. And you, you want to get to know that artist. They got an Instagram, they're on Facebook, they got a TikTok, like whatever it is, like they, they're on there. And a lot of times they, they will engage with people and, you know, so try like fire off a message, hit them up. So, so what happened was, so I, you know, I was still working at the shop, came home one night, had a bad day, had a couple of cocktails, you know, was feeling, you know, pretty buzzing, pretty good. And <laughs> I was like, who's the art director for the Orville? And so I found out, you know, I did some Googling and searching and it was a guy named Robert Strohmeyer. And does he have an email address? And did some Googling and found one that I thought was probably close. And I emailed him cold. And I said, Mr. Strohmeyer, you know, my name's Patrick Deals. Here's, I've already kind of been working for you. Here's some stuff I did for you. I would love to work in your art department. Wow, that's and cool. Went off and I didn't hear anything back. And I thought, well, shoot, I, you know, shot my shot and whatever. I'm not, I'm not any worse off than I was yesterday. So whatever. And then about three weeks went by and he emailed me back and he said, Hey, sorry, it's been a while. He's like, I, it's crazy over here. I'm going to call you tomorrow. Okay, great. So next day, so he calls me the next day and it's like, Hey, we want you to do this, this project for us. And I said, okay, great. And, um, I did this little project for them, kind of freelance, and they, you know, they paid me kind of they as a 1099, and I did this quick 3D modeling thing and sent it to them, and they did it, and then um, uh, they they liked it, and so they were like, well, they were like, we're gonna um, we're gonna use you for as a 3D modeling vendor, um, so you know, you're on our approved vendor list or whatever. I had to fill out this whole thing. And then um, a few months went by and I was doing, I was doing 3D modeling for the new prop master, Scott Bauer, who I'd known previously from, um, he did Chuck and also Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I did a ton of work for. And um, so I was doing 3D modeling for him and they were paying me, you know, as a 1099. And um, so it got to be, I did that for a few months. This is 2019. So I did that for a few months. And then um, I, sorry, lost track. So oh, I, I'm also trying to like, are there parts of this sh I should say? Are there parts of this? <laughs> right. mm -hmm. um, so anyway, so uh, Robert called me back and they were doing a set and they needed a three model done of this, of the, of the interior of the set for Orville. It was, um, it was the, I'm trying to remember what episode, I think it was 304 when we go to the Krill home world and they, they get it, they Ooh. make their getaway in the ta like that car, the taxi car, taxi cab. Mm -hmm. We were, it was called, we were calling it the Krill hover vehicle, the Krill limo. We were calling it all these different names. I was so dope. Um, so it was, they needed a, they were going to send that out to a shop to have built and they were going to 3D mill it out of foam, CNC mill it. And so they needed a model. And so I, I, they wanted me to work in house. So I went down to Fox and I, I sat at a table in their art department on my laptop for a few weeks. And they're like, I think it was like 
week and a half. And I banged that out. And then it was time, you know, I was done and it was time for me to go. And I'd gotten to know people and was hanging out. And it was like, I'm in the art department. I'm in it. And the belly <laughs> yeah. of the beast. And I could go to walk on the set whenever I wanted. And I go to the Orville, the set, the ship. And it's all connected together. It's two stories. It's all hallways. I got lost inside it. I was trying to get out. And I'm wow. going down corridors of the Orville. And I turn a corner and like, nope, this is sick bay. I turn around <laughs> and go, go, nope, this is the brig. Turn around, go down that big curved corridor. Nope, mm -hmm. here's the mess hall. Like, I couldn't figure out how to get out. And I had to stop. And I was like, I'm lost on a freaking spaceship. <laughs> like, how cool is this? That sounds dope to me. But at the same time, I got to keep it down here because I don't want to be that fanboy, you know, oh, my God. So I'm right, trying to play right. cool, right? <laughs> so anyway, so uh, it's time for me to go. Like, you know, you know, shit. Like I was here. Like I had, I got, oh, I got to keep my foot in the door. How do I keep my yes. foot in here? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, hey, I'm still doing stuff for you guys. Freelance, could I just like park at this table like if i stay out of the way could i just sit here and they were like yeah so i got my foot in the door and i you know i catch a couple little jobs here and there and then like some things happen like um so the tale of two topas episode um so the mocklin courtroom that mm -hmm. set they rebuilt that set three times and wow. they tore it they they tore it down each time and then it kept coming back and they would like, you'd think like they, they put it in storage. No, they, 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 they don't have room. They don't touch. So they have to kind of pick and choose what goes into storage. So we had to recreate that set three times and I was there mm -hmm. for the third time. And there were these specific doorknobs. And like I said, in Hollywood, they have to rent everything. I'm trying to keep an eye on the time. I've been talking this whole time. Jesus. So uh, like the door, like the doorknobs, they rent doorknobs. Because, like, what are you going to do? You're going to go buy 50 doorknobs every time you build a set? No, they there's no. these places that they just have doorknobs. And you go and you, I need 10 of that doorknob. Okay. And they rent it to you for <laughs> $10 a week or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So uh, the doorknobs that they used on the doors were not available. And so I'm, I'm at this, and I'm overhearing this controversy. And so I go, well, do they have, is there pictures? And they were like, sure. And I was like, well, just, we just 3D model it and get them 3D printed. And they were like, you can do that? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Science. And so, like, like 3D modeled it. Three, we had them the next morning. That's incredible. Like, ready to go. And they, so they were like, okay. So, um, so basically what ended up happening was, uh, I, I think, I think all that stuff helped. <laughs> but they were like, yeah. well, let's, let's get them in the union. And so they were like, you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna make some phone calls. We're gonna we're gonna try to do this for you. Is that is that something you would want to do? And I was like, oh my God, just landing your lap? Friggin' kidding me? Yes. And but I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Maybe I mean, thinking. Right. So I'm gonna talk to my my partner and see what she says. Right. So so what happened was so. So that was, uh, what day was that? That was March 12th of 2020. Wow. <gasps> and the world shut down on the 14th or the 13th. Oh, 
Wow. Or no, no, no. Sorry. It was the 11th. It was the March 11th because the next day was the 12th. And that was our last day of shooting before we broke for COVID. Mm. And so COVID. And so COVID happened. And so COVID happened. And I was like, I had it. It it was very so close. Wherever the camera is. So close. (laughs) And I had it in my hand. And it was, now it's gone. But, you know, uh, Robert kept checking in with me you know he was like you know hey everything's good you know we're gonna come back you know and it's gonna be a few months and we thought at the time it was like oh it's three weeks and then we'll be back and it Mm -hmm. turned into eight months and it was like Mm -hmm. and so like by september kind of the shows kind of started back up and i started getting phone calls from other shows and they needed this three model they needed that three model like whatever and so i would do stuff and then, but I kept, you know, on Orville. And then finally it was like, um, it was like December. Robert calls me and he goes, I got you in. That is. And I was like, I was like, got me in what? And he was like, you know what? And I was <laughs> like, oh my God, like, oh my God. So, um, and then I started in January. I started back on Orville in January. And then for season three, for the last half of the back half of season three. And then that was it. Yeah. And then I was on Orville for January, uh, June, till the end of June. And mm-hmm. it got to be um, it got to be the last month or so. And Robert was like, hey, you know, it's we're, we're kind of winding down. It's going to get, you're the f- last hired, so first fired. So it's going to be the, you know, we're going to cut you loose. And so I'm like, well, man, what am I going to do now? Like, oh, geez. So the whole time, like the previous two, three years, the prop master for Mandalorian was like, I want to hire you, but you're not in the union, so I can't hire you. And so I'm like, you know, all right. And so I kept kind of checking in with him. And so Orville's winding down. He calls me and he goes, I need a guy. End of June. And it's, this is like the beginning of June. So I went to Robert and I was like, I was like, they want to hire me. Like, or I, I didn't have a date. I didn't have a date, an end date for Orville yet. And so I was like, you know, he, cause he just was like giving me a heads up. We're winding down. We're going to cut you loose pretty soon. Um, and so I went, it was like the middle of June. And so I went to Robert and I was like, Hey, I got another offer. They want me to start. I think it was the 29th. Um, and he was like, okay, we'll make it happen. And so I wrapped on Orville Friday, started at Mandalorian season three on Monday. And then I uh, did that for a few months. Then I went on Ahsoka and I did that for wow. man, almost eight, nine months. And now I'm on a show called Skeleton Crew. Uh, it's another Star Wars show that they um, they just announced a couple months ago. It's got Jude Law on it. It's going uh, to be really cool. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really cool. So, yeah. So that's, and then, that, wow. then Kia was like, do you want to be on my podcast? And I was like, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. See, I I pick out the stars and I go that one. Perseverance. That one is interesting and talented, and I want to know everything. And now I do. So I usually yeah, now, get my. You know too. everything. You know. All <laughs> so now I have questions. Okay. Okay. So we, so oh, we wanted to hear the story. The so part. now we're gonna we're doing this a little different this time. Usually we interrupt and ask questions throughout the whole thing, but we mm. were so. But I don't shut up. No, so. no, no. We were so entranced that we 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 were listening and now we have a million questions. So I hope you're ready. 
<laughs> Are right. you ready? Oh God. All right, Gloria, you're first. No, I still processing one. So I want you to go first. You want me to I go can... first? Yes. Okay. Yes. So tell me all this time that, that you kind of wanted this and this was happening for you. What was that feeling like for you as you're seeing this unfold? Because in the world of sort of manifestation and stuff like that, it is oftentimes said, you know, you can affirm for things or you can put it out there for things that you want or hope for things, believe, and then you sort of release it and let it go. And then you take action steps, right? So this whole time you were taking action steps, maybe, you know, going into the military unbeknownst to you was sort of an action step because you learned all this electrical stuff that, and then going to art school and doing these things, the way was sort of coming together, unfolding for you in your life without you really even knowing it. So when it started to really in, in the world of Neville Goddard says harden into fact. So when it start to become reality for you, what was the feeling that you were having? Were you sort of like, oh my God, like it's happening? Or were you like, I can't believe it's happening? Or what was that like? Um, a lot of it was uh, like it's ha like it's happen like it's happening. Like oh my, like this is like kind of kind of both. Like I can't believe this is happening, and also it's happening. Like oh my god, like um, it is interesting because it it sort of feeds on itself because you can once the one thing happens, like because it doesn't all just happen at once you get right, you know right. you kind of make little steps like the one thing happens and then you're kind of like well these all these things that i did that i didn't know i was doing to make this happen made this happen what else could i make happen if i pushed a little bit and but then the problem is knowing well okay what do, now what do i do to make the next thing happen what's like i like it was kind of like i gotta sit here for a minute and and kind of navigate this new normal to mm -hmm. figure out where the off ramp on ramps are to make the neck to get to the next place mm -hmm. i think um go ahead i would say that this story of yours is a persevering persevering story because you probably many years ago could say, you know what, this is my dream, but uh, you know, it's too hard to go in there, but you keep going and keep going and keep digging it. And your story is very similar to my story. When I want to go in the produce industry, I did the same thing. I, I offer myself to do anything, to paint the walls, to paint the floors, but I wanted to be in. And when uh, you was telling the story, it reminds me the perseverance that you need to have in life to be able to get what exactly you want. And sometimes not what you want in the, in the moment that you want it is the, is the right time that you need to be in. Because you try, you try, and, and you thought you got it. And then you're like, ah. Oh. And then uh, over and over things happen. So my question to you is, when you finally got it, you went inside, do you have this kind of doubts? Like, okay, I got it, but I don't know if this is gonna if something's gonna happen to uh to not happen. So sure. it's like, it was kind of a little trauma there, there back and forth all the time. Well, it's always too like you know did I did this? I, I think the thing that I was always worried about was painting myself into a corner because it was like you know do I I make this decision 
and I go this direction, if is that the right direction? What if I hit, you know, if, if that was the wrong choice and I needed to choose this other path, can I back out and do the zero? Is there an out? Like, and kind of like what you were saying, like it was, I think a lot of it too was if I, I want to get here, but I don't know how to get here. Right. And, I, and I don't even know if I can't get here, can I get next to here? Can I get adjacent? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, like i want to design cars i love cars so i want to be a car mechanic i'm gonna i i can't i, I can't go be a car designer. i can't just walk in and be a car designer i don't exactly you know i didn't go to design school i didn't do any of these things but i could i could be a car mechanic and i could learn that and then you know maybe i get to work on a really you know really exotic sports cars and then i kind of get into that and then you know there's people that design not the whole cars, but there's all kinds of aftermarket spoilers and all kinds of things. Like maybe I, you know, I design that kind of stuff. And then you kind of can get close. Close. And then maybe, I I mean, I don't know anything about car design, but, you know, maybe you design enough really cool accessories. Somebody will go, well, <laughs> do you want to design a whole car? And, mm-hmm. you know, but you get close to it. Close. And it was kind of like with props, like I ended up, I didn't know it at the time, but it ended up being kind of close. And it was like, okay. And like, you know, now it's like I do. So now I'm kind of almost exclusively design props, which is a weird niche. Um, but it, I mean, it pays the same as the other stuff. So whatever. Uh, but like, you know, on this show, like it's, they were like, do you want to, do you want to do a costume? You want to design, we got to this costume. You want to design a costume? Like I've never designed a costume before. And, I, I still don't I don't know if I actually did or not, but I was like, okay, <laughs> like, sure. Um, so I took a stab at it. I, th- I mean, I think they're making it. I don't know. But you oh, that's interesting. Have, but you also have to have a huge creativity in your mind to be mm-hmm. able to say to say yes to everything. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I mean, and then that's, you know, the other thing is if I say yes to it and I fail. Like they're not going to call me for the next thing, and right. everybody, all anybody's going to remember is that you failed. And you know, when your name comes up on the list of people to hire, they're going to be like, "Oh yeah, that guy hosed us." Not that guy. <laughs> so it's win. Awesome. It's like get there and then exceed expectations. <laughs> like to make yes. it happen. Make it and, happen. <laughs> and for you know, for what it's worth, I mean, I was at I was at that prop shop for ten years and. Mm-hmm. I I carry a bit of a chip on my shoulder about my time there, but also like, holy cow. Like I, I learned a ton there. I learned a ton about manufacturing. I learned a ton about, um, I, I made a ton of contacts and, and networking stuff like with prop masters that now is paying off because mm-hmm. they are like, Oh, hire. Oh, I know him. I'll hire him to design my props. I'll hire him. And so that paid off. And then also like, um, I don't want to go too much. It's kind of a sweatshop <laughs> <laughs> and it's the, it's crazy fast paced and it's crazy environment and you're doing something different all the time. And now like I, I knock stuff out you know, I'm doing props and I'm knocking stuff out and they're like, slow down. Like you're, you're working way too fast. Like, whoa, like 
looked at like and I'm like, here's ten options. And they're like, we were just gonna be good with like one. Like we were gonna like whatever you drew. And so it kind of it's sort of now, yeah, I exceed expectations because it's I like that's all I know I, how to do. I have to say this. I will say that all your uh, your journey of life, you had it to go to all these uh, moments of life and learn all these tools to be able to do what you're doing today. Because if you didn't have all this learning, you probably will fail in this one that you have, that you want so much. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have it in the moment that you want it. You have it in the moment that you was ready to handle what, the job that you have today. Well, it, it's interesting too, because um, a lot of illustrators, I mean, they just, they're just illustrators and they draw and then they hand it off. You know, if they, you draw a picture of a spaceship or a gun, or whatever you know laser gun whatever it is um and you hand it off to manufacturing well now somebody's got a 3d model and now somebody's got to make it because it's just a 2d painting or a drawing and it looks awesome but it's it's just a drawing and what i'm finding is what what i can what i can do in terms of 3d modeling and i know i know about 3d printing and i know about manufacturing and i know about all that stuff everything it, it adds to my value of course because now like i go on a show art department and they're like we need to make this thing and i'm like i can i can do every step of it until we send it off and have it you know and then it will show up in a week or whatever and here the finished thing is um and they don't have to have somebody it saves them money on the back end because they don't have or on the front end because they don't have to pay somebody now mm -hmm. they got to pay somebody to 3d model it they got to mm -hmm. pay a, a guide or whatever and a lot of times too if they don't have access to 3d printing they they send it to a manufacturing shop the manufacturing shop 3d models it and 3d prints it and they mark it up and they charge an arm and a leg but i can i can 3d model it and send it to a, there's places that just do 3d printing and you can send your model to them and they will mail the printed thing back and we can just go straight to that step. And then uh, a lot of times build it in house. We don't have to have, you know, and they'll paint, the set painters will paint it and we don't have to have a main, we can kind of cut out a whole s three steps it's and we have full and you have full control over it in house. Cause now every step of the way you, you know, well, man, that color doesn't look so good. Let's try a different color. Like you don't have to go outside. You don't have an outside mm -hmm. vendor doing it. And also, especially with um, some of the other, some of the like Disney stuff, Star Wars and Marvel, they want to keep that stuff very tightly under wraps and they don't want anybody mm -hmm. to see it. And they don't want anybody to know about it. They don't want anybody to know about it. And yeah. if they can keep it in house, that just, that just helps them. So so Patrick, you can do two, two. You can create two dolls like where our, where our faces. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I I can try to sculpt it from photos, but uh, I'm not actually that good at three uh, sculpting. We can three scan yeah. and make, make little bobbleheads. I did that. For yeah, a show. that's cool. Ladies. I did that for a show once. I made a bobblehead. I never know what she's going to say, honestly. Um, so I have, okay, so it's been an hour and I want to be oh conscious of your time. I know it was fun. It flew by, right? Yeah. So, so but I have a question for you because sure. I, I want to make sure everyone gets the maximum value out of all of this information. <laughs> and so if there was a one thing that you would say helped you to create the work life, the, the career that you love, what would that thing that you did 
what would it be? Don't be afraid to reach out to somebody that that guy that you want to work for that guy that does what you want to do that because you you're going to email them or send a message to them on facebook or instagram or whatever it is and they're not gonna say you know you're a piece of crap i'm putting you on a your name on a list and you're, you're <laughs> no one will ever hire you they're either not gonna respond or they'll respond to you and if they don't mm -hmm. respond you're you're not any worse off than you were the day before you're exactly you're still right where you were and it didn't cost you anything but a minute or maybe maybe a night to write you know an email the perfect email or whatever it is um and if you don't hear back the next day you might hear back next week and you might or you might not never hear but you'll mm -hmm. you're still right back you're still right where you were you're not gonna you're not gonna lose anything so mm -hmm. don't be afraid amazing. to don't be afraid to talk to people. Yes, that's awesome. Amazing. And okay, one more question that's sure. a little bit off topic. Oh boy. <laughs> so tell me, have you been watching this season of the Orville? I have been. Um I haven't been watching them right uh well, I have my own reasons, but I haven't been watching them right when they air. Um, mm -hmm. But I have been watching them, uh, and this this one that just dropped, uh, I guess last night, I did watch mm -hmm. right away because there's a lot of cool stuff in it. So, um, cool. yeah, it I need to cool. watch that show. Okay, so I'm gonna put this back up here again because I know that a lot of my audience um, is in Europe. Actually, my main part of my audience is in Europe, and I know that they can watch the Orville on Disney Plus, and it's dropping on August 10th. So I want to make sure everybody knows that. But this last episode, every episode in this season, in my opinion, has been spectacular. Like the writing, the visuals, like everything, just flawless. It and is, I know you contributed. Yeah. So incredible. I, I did a little bit. Um, <laughs> I think Viz Effects is doing a lot of the heavy lifting. But... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah this season is um is great and you know the guys that the, everybody that works on it is just as big of a fan as you guys are mm -hmm. um and we are all also sitting with our fingers crossed for season four because i would love to come back um but i i don't know anything uh but uh yeah no this uh you know it's nice i don't mean to like i like it all like i like star trek i like yeah. star wars i like all of it and um, what I will say, the Orville kind of fills the niche. The Orville kind of fills is a niche that um, Star Trek kind of got away from uh, with Discovery, mm -hmm. but now is kind of, I think they're kind of finding their way back because of the Orville. Um, but the aspirational science fiction, like mm -hmm. in 300 years, we're going to be okay. And we're going to yeah. get through this and we're going to be better people. And we're going to, everything's going to be better. And, you know. Yeah. And then we're going to go out to the stars and, you know, and I, I think the Orville really filled that, that hot kind of void. And, you know, and the storylines too, I mean, they're so brilliant, like they're great and they're timely and they're, you know, mm -hmm. they're important. Yeah. As, um, as a very uh, important voice that show and the subject matter that they tackle, whether it's, actually current events that are wrapped up into the storyline or or what it is 
Um, it's just so, so well done, especially as sci-fi. I am admittedly, I like the movies. I did not watch a lot of Star Trek TV except classic, <laughs> the original Star Trek. Um, however, um, I spent my youth watching Doctor Who. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, but, <laughs> but but the Orville really just—I've been with it since the first episode, and so I've watched it grow and sort of spread its wings. And what I'm seeing is probably—I don't know—the best sci-fi I've ever seen. I'm probably a little bit biased, but I'm going on record as predicting that there is going to be a season four and possibly a season five. And I'm, I, going, I'm putting out there, I'm manifesting a, at manifest, least one movie. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We, at we least talked, there was, there was rumors we were going to roll right out of season three into a movie. Um, and then that, I think COVID really, COVID really like is right in the middle, really kind mm -hmm. of broke our stride. Um, Cause there's the, yeah. there's the episode um, which one of my favorite episodes, which is the one they just released as the audiobook, uh, mm, which mm -hmm. would have been yeah. the ninth episode. Um, that was I. That was a really strong story, and it was kind of an off-concept story, which is why I kind of liked it a lot. Um, but I mean, it's got to be more. We got to do more. There's got to be more. It's not over. So uh, next week is the last episode of the season, yes. correct? Right. Yes. So. They've all been extra long, so it's like a little mini movie every mm -hmm. week if you haven't seen it. I highly recommend everyone go watch it. Um, watch it from the first season all the way through because the storylines in season three, like if, if the show were to end, God forbid, <laughs> okay, it would be okay, kind of okay because the way it was written sort of took the storylines from season one and you sort of got a feeling of, if it ended here, I wouldn't be so sad because I don't know what happened, but I'm hoping that the storyline continues. Yeah. So there's still, a, there's still yeah. a few threads to wrap up, I think. Yeah. But I think you know, so. We'll see you next so. week. But yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> so Kia and Patrick. So listen to Patrick's story. We are close. Kia, Hot Topics is closer to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love LA. I get there every chance I get. I go and meet people. I think networking is really important and making connections. And I just love Absolutely. to meet people. And I love, um, I always have loved Hollywood. I have no real desire to be a part of it, but I love the behind the scenes. And I love talking to actors and writers and actually you know yeah. a friend of mine don garcia i think you know her too she's i do a friend of mine um and i just love that energy and that's that's my vibe just hanging out so yeah i'm sure we I will run dawn. into she's each great. other <laughs> yeah she is cool <laughs> and hopefully we'll have her on the topics live sooner than later she's got a lot of yeah she's super busy she's a lot of irons in the fire that lady non-stop that one <laughs> um but the next time i come to la hopefully uh we can connect and have yeah. a coffee or a cocktail or whatever you're great. into and it'll be really fun Both. And i want <laughs> yeah all of the thank above <laughs> i want to say thank you so much for being a guest it's been such a pleasure to connect with you and hear your story and um and share yeah. it with it was fun it was uh it was fun and like you just let me talk so <laughs> yeah. I sure, wanted to I'm hear sure. the story. I'm it sure you're going to lose viewers now, but it, that's it looks like you like to talk. Uh, unfortunately, yes. and you were nervous. <laughs> you were nervous. Okay, I'm still nervous. What are you kidding me? <laughs> well, thank you so much for being a guest. I appreciate you so much, you. and um, you're such an inspiration. I think for yes. a lot of people Very cool. to go. You know what? 
maybe I can go after that thing or maybe the things that I'm doing right now are leading me to that career that I've dreamt of, or maybe it's not too late for me to shift gears and go after it. And, you know, that's, you know, and that's like I said, reach out, don't be afraid to reach out and also get, get adjacent to it, get close to what you want to do. And you, you might, you might be able to hop over, you know? Yes. Wise words. Thank you so much for being a guest. I'm going to put you in the green room. If you have time for a proper goodbye, (laughs) um, we'll close the show and see you there. If not, I know you're working and I'll just catch up with you later on Instagram. (laughs) Okay, great. All right, sweetie. Thanks for coming through. (laughs) Bye. 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 Wow. What do you think of that, Gloria? It was very cool. When he was talking, when he was talking about his story was remember myself too. Because I'm kind of the same way like uh, as him, always looking for the uh, the opportunity, the avenue, whatever I do. And when I start working in the produce industry, I start working as a like everybody, like uh, sweeping the floor, uh, processing lines with like everybody else. And I just discover what was the the thing that I needed to that the the situation needed and i just said you know what i think i can do this and then my career started unfolding and folding but it took me years but i i knew that i was closer and closer and closer to be uh, a owner of a company and it took me a lot of years but here i am i'm so happy you know what's funny for me is that you know i was a stay-at-home mom for like ever and then i decided that i wanted to start working with female veterans but i i wanted to sort of perfect my public speaking and i happened to see brian rose and and i was watching london real pretty regularly and i saw he had this academy so i decided to attend it and just by that one choice of choosing to go and attend this academy led for me to learn about podcasting and then for for the academy that I so admired and was so honored to be a part of to offer me a position, which I have now coached and I had no idea I'd love coaching people. But now, you know, I've coached thousands of people from all thousands. around the world. Yes. And it's and like such it. a passion and for me. It. And I love, and it. love it. And I love it. So this is how I created. I lucked into figuring out what I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I did corporate and I hated it. So I did the Navy and well, like Patrick, it was a means for me to get my money for my education. So um, all of these things and who knew that studying finance and university would end up coming full circle as I'm helping people now with crypto and investing and portfolio management and all of that through London Real Academy. So it's just interesting, like Patrick said, these things that happened in his life that sort of got him prepared to where he is now. It's the same for us and the same Mm -hmm. for many people, but both of us have changed careers in our lives. Like we went down one path and Patrick was working at at the swim store, you know what I mean? Like, and doing that. So changing and shifting and being open to making changes and not being stuck in one career and always looking for that opportunity to how to get closer to what you want. I mean, these are the strategies. This is the one thing to do to, to create a career that you love. And if you have a career that you love, then you can have a life that you love because we're always working. Most of our lives, right? You you fake it until you make it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm still faking it. <laughs> I still too. <laughs> well, with that, we're going to wrap it up. This has been your weekly reminder that you are incredible and that yes. you are amazing in case no one told you. Sometimes people don't hear it. So I'm going to tell you that you're amazing. You're incredible. And you're worthy of living an incredibly amazing life. And if you are not living that life now, it is not impossible for you. And tune in next week to find out more strategies, tips, and tricks on how to do that. Uh-huh. Thanks for being here, Gloria. I always love when you're here. Thank you, Kia, to be here. I'm so happy. And with that, um, don't forget to follow Gloria on Instagram. And uh, you know, uh, you can follow me as always on Instagram. On um, And I'm on TikTok. Don't forget I'm on TikTok now. At Kiativity, just like on Instagram. Follow me there and come back next week or listen and, to the podcast version. And also my my podcast on Breakup Life with ah. Glory. It's yes. a bilingual, it's a bilingual podcast, so you can see it. So if you speak both language, you can be able to see two different shows, one in Spanish, one in, Sp- in, in, in Spanish, and other in English. And we, we tell our all kinds of stories there about depression, anxiety, and PTSD in a natural way, in a holistic way to always make you feel better. And you can listen to both of these podcasts anywhere you listen to podcasts. So until next time, we love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.